0: This is How We See It. A look at issues that impact our faith and community.
1: For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today from No Frec Guitar Camp is Gary Brosh. No Frec Guitar Camp works to bring the gift of music and the joy of Christ to children in teens and teens in low income situations. Each of these children receive basic lessons and their very own guitar. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. Thanks for having me here this morning. So sports are great and can bring years of joy and fun, but the ability to play wanes over the years, music is not like that. Music stays with you for decades, really for the rest of your lives. How many lives have you changed through the No Freight Guitar Camp?
0: You know, we're excited. This is our fifth year, and we just celebrated providing this gift to our 1,000th student at a camp that was held at Corpus Christi Catholic Church here in Tampa. 1,000. It's been an amazing journey what God has done with this ministry. When we started five years ago, and we were fortunate to be interviewed here, and we were just starting, we'd done three camps that one year with 18 students, and then just God had this thing grow and grow and grow. We've now had camps in 18 different states, from California to Wyoming to New York, here in Florida,
1: and three countries. So this all started in the Tampa Bay area? Yeah, the
0: motivation for it, the inspiration for it, started in Kwamshlanga, South Africa, when I was on a mission trip there and taught a couple kids to play while I was on that mission trip. Came home and my wife said, hey, why don't you do that in the inner city here? Teach some kids a guitar, give them that lifetime gift use music to help connect them to God and God used music connect to us. I'll try that. And then it just grew and grew and grew.
1: And when we say a lifetime gift, my dad passed away several years ago and he was 96 years old and up to just a few days before he passed away, he was playing the piano still.
0: It's one of the wonderful things that, you know, a lot of kids go to summer camps and summer camps are wonderful, but this is a camp that is a gift that keeps on giving. It's that classic, give a man a fish, feed him for the day, teach him to fish. Here, we teach him to play the guitar, and we give him a guitar to keep. And it's a good guitar. We have a sponsor, if you will, with Court Guitars, C-O-R-T. They're a South Korean company that's a Christian company. They're helping us as a supplier. So we're able to give kids acoustic electric guitars, really good ones. They take it home, and they'll have an Uncle Bob that says, wow, that's a good guitar, and that just helps their heart feel good about what they're doing
1: is no fret guitar camp for any child or do you target towards certain incomes and abilities it's
0: not targeted towards ability I can tell you that (laughs) for sure with all the students we've had we do target it to low-income underserved teens that's our target audience we have had some that were not low-income my wife was wise and said you know Gary rich kids need Jesus just as much as poor kids But our target is low-income kids. That's what we're after.
1: But you won't turn away somebody that's from an upper income.
0: We've not turned away. In fact, we had one young boy that his father wanted him to come to the camp, and we knew he was not low-income, and I was reluctant. My wife convinced me to do it. It turns out that kid is now teaching others, and his father is now being a volunteer instructor at churches that don't have an instructor. So God used it in the right way.
1: It's great that you provide the guitar for these children. These are expensive instruments. Or they can be. They are.
0: These are, they probably retail at about a $300 guitar. It's a good one. When we first started, I was just going to ask friends who had an old guitar in their closet to donate it. And then I was afraid we'd get some that were really bad guitars, hard to play. We might get some that are really good, and that wouldn't work in mixture of children And so we ended up buying guitars and then I was going to buy the cheapest guitar I could buy. And my pastor friend said, you know, God doesn't ask us to give our worst and our least and our cheapest. So we end up getting really good guitars with the help of court guitar, giving a great price on them. And that way, again, they have more pride in it. When they get home, they won't have an uncle Bob that says, well, that's a junk guitar and kind of ruin their desire for it.
1: So we give the good stuff. Can somebody actually help you purchase these guitars? Do you take donations? Yeah, we're a 501c3.
0: We have a platinum rating from the charity raiders. All of our volunteers are instructors, and we survive on people who see the value of the ministry to these
1: kids and provide donations. Tell us about a success story from the camp. We've had
0: so many that, let me mention two real quickly. One is that we've had several of the youth who've now gone on and are playing guitar in their youth ministry. That's really nice to be able to have that music in youth ministry. But my favorite is a mom who called us and said, you know, you've saved my son's life. He was depressed. He was anxiety. He had no friends. It was terrible. And he did the camp and he's come out of his shell. He's now playing guitar. He's got friends. He's in a little band. You saved my son's life. That's the kind of story that keeps us going.
1: Unfortunately, what happens in public school systems is the first thing to get cut is the music program, and that's the last thing that should be cut.
0: We have a number of supporters that support it because they recognize the importance of music, just as you said, it helps kids with math, science, all kinds of things. They just recognize the importance of music. Others recognize the importance of music as evangelism to help people connect to God, and they support us that way. We have support from a variety of sources, all people who see the value of the ministry.
1: So can you talk about the breakdown of the camp? Is it like a typical summer camp where the kids will show up and it's out in the woods and you're there from nine to three or something like that and you get a nap time and everything else is that?
0: We have a lot of adults who play guitar who when we tell them what they do say, that'll never work. They say they, they took lessons for six months and can't play diddly squat. Our camps are two hours a day, for five days, only 10 hours total. Mostly they're during the summer, so it's like a boot camp, one week. Sometimes a church will do it one day a week for five weeks, still two hours a day, 10 hours. But in that time, we teach them how to play these chords. We teach them G, C, D, and E minor for all you music people out there. And with that, they can literally play hundreds of songs. And so we don't teach them sharps and flats and scales and circle of fifths or any of those things. We just teach them how to play. And then they're excited, they can do it, and it's a lifetime gift.
1: How many volunteers do you have working in your camp?
0: Every camp has at least two volunteers. And with 1,000 students, I have to calculate six into 1,000 of how many camps that's been, but it's, it's hundreds of volunteers, hundreds of volunteers.
1: Are the volunteers trained as far as the child-safe space?
0: All of the churches have their own child protection policies, And so all of the instructors go through that church's child protection policies. The actual training on how to do it, we have a lot of people who say, well, I can play guitar, but I'm not good enough to teach. We have videos and instructions for those people so they can see, yes, if you can play simple what we call cowboy chords, you can teach this camp. So we provide videos to help the instructors learn how to do it successfully.
1: We're talking with Gary Brosh from No Fret Guitar Camp. Do you play yourself? I do play. I'm not very good,
0: but you don't have to be good to really enjoy it and be able to play, like I say, lots of songs and be able to make up songs.
1: Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Nobody said it has to be good. <laughs> so the camp, do you have any paid staff or is it all volunteer? It
0: is all volunteer. And, and frankly, that's an issue we're wrestling with now. We have grown so large that we can't manage it. I can't manage it as all volunteers. We're at a point where we actually need to hire somebody. We've had plenty of donors that help us provide these guitars, but we haven't tried to raise enough money to hire somebody. That's our latest new challenge, and we're not sure how to meet that challenge. But we see no reason this ministry couldn't grow to thousands of kids, not just celebrating 1,000 youth, but really thousands of them at churches all over the nation. But we have to figure out how we can hire somebody.
1: You don't work with specific Christian churches. It's all Christian churches, right? It is all Christian denominations, yes. Do you ever get into non-Christian churches, synagogues, anything like that?
0: No, we have not. We have offered this camp to boys' club, girls' clubs, as long as they follow our Christian curriculum. We talked about the lessons, teaching and play guitar, but each day has a daily devotion. And so it's clearly a Christian camp. We've had some public institutions who said we weren't allowed to hold the camp there because it is a Christian camp, but we weren't willing to change
1: that. How does someone get involved in the camp? Well, we have a Facebook,
0: No Fright Guitar Camp. We have an Instagram, No Fright Guitar Camp. We have a website, org. Again, all done by volunteers. So if you see some typos and errors in there, just know that we're doing our best.
1: Yep. Be kind. How about making monetary donations? They can do
0: that on our website. They can send us a check. They can contribute directly on the website, which is the easiest way. Whatever they can do, anything can help us reach more of these
1: children. And when you have a camp at a specific church, you don't have 100 kids there with 13 instructors. It's a small camp, right?
0: The camps are planned to be with six children each, one instructor with one helper, six children that can work successfully. We have had one camp that had 18 children at once. It's a fairly large church. They divide them up three different places. They had six instructors. They taught them all the same thing at the same time, but in three different
1: groups of six. Can you talk a little more about the devotional lessons that they learn?
0: Yes, we provide in the curriculum a daily devotion, and it'll be about No Freight Guitar Camp, Matthew 625, Do Not Worry, So it'll be about worry, about anxiety, how to trust God, how to believe in God, how to help God, how God helps us conquer our fears. So that devotion is each day the youth will read the devotion, each one taking a turn, reading a sentence or so in the devotion. So we provide that for all the camps. Now, an individual church can decide to use their own devotion. If they have a church pastor that wants to do theirs, that's fine. Devotions included each day. We include it for those volunteers who may be willing to teach but aren't comfortable doing the devotion, so we've included one to make that easier for the camp. You know, I just want to say how an amazing God we have. This was not a plan. This was not something we thought, oh, let's grow this big ministry. This is something that every step of the way, God has stepped in. Stepped in with a company to help us import guitars, stepped in with court guitars to help us get these guitars stepped in with so many volunteers, literally hundreds of volunteers. It's just been amazing. There's no question God wants this ministry to succeed, and if he
1: does, it's going to succeed. Who would have thought you're actually saving lives? It
0: is amazing. I just thought of two of the churches who've held these camps strictly for children that lived in group foster homes, kids who had never been to church in their life. What an incredible tool of evangelism. It's been amazing.
1: Our guest has been Gary Brosh from No Fret Guitar Camp. You can learn more at nofretguitarcamp.org. And this is How We
2: See It. You're listening to How We See It, a look at issues and ministries that are having an impact in our community and world. If you missed any of today's program, you'll find a copy on Spirit FM's SoundCloud page. There's a link to it at myspiritfm.com.
1: Now, back to our program. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today is Jose Garcia from Rebuilding Together Tampa Bay. Repairing homes, revitalizing communities, rebuilding lives for over 20 years is what Rebuilding Together Tampa Bay does, helping thousands of Tampa Bay families. Jose,
2: tell us about the construction-related services that your organization provides. Thank you for having us here, to talk about rebuilding together and all the things we do in our community. We rehab homes for low income homeowners. The goal is to make the homes healthier for families with children and safer for seniors aging in place. But on top of that, we engage volunteers from different corporations and churches and communities to help the homeowners with exterior painting, landscaping, yard cleanup. So once we finish the construction, we engage community and volunteers to complete the project. You also get involved when there are hurricanes, right? Absolutely, because that's what you do. After hurricanes in a house, you repair the homes that were impacted. We were, as you know, impacted in Florida with Ian last year, but we're coming from doing many other home repairs and disaster recovery from the past, like Irma, which is we're still working in homes that were impacted by Irma last summer. So that's what we do. We deploy as many people as possible to make this happen because at the beginning everybody participates, everybody wants to help, everybody wants to do, but within time there are other disasters, there are other things happening, people just move on and we stay there to finish those projects.
1: There are lots of people with physical disabilities and accidents happen. People end up, sadly, in wheelchairs. Does your organization get involved in building ramps and making existing homes accessible?
2: Absolutely. That's the whole point. And the idea is that they can stay in their homes, living as independent as possible. Ramps are usually built by our volunteer partners. And then inside, we wind in the doors. We make sure we replace the carpet with solid floor We make sure there is an easy access uh, with a rolling shower. It all comes down to the financial uh, support that we get. And if we have sufficient money, we should be able to help people. But keep in mind, it's not only people who are disabled because they got an accident. They're disabled because they're getting old. And we need to make sure they also are as safe as possible and age in their home.
1: As homeowners, one of the worst things you can have is any sort of water condition because you end up with damaged ceilings and mold issues and everything else. Does Rebuilding Together Tampa Bay get involved with mold remediation?
2: Very limited. Mold remediation can turn out to be a liability for anybody who does the repairs. So yes, if the damage is very minimum, easy to contain, But we have walked into houses that we need to gather the entire house, like it's happening right now, in all our projects in Fort Myers, and just bring people back just to build the house inside. Even when you gather the house, there is a procedure, there is a process. We need to make sure everybody's protected. In that case, is it from Hurricane Ian? Yes, yes. You rarely find houses that have very much mold in their house as a result of, things deteriorating and water coming through. Usually when we go, we find that sometimes in one bedroom, in a bathroom, sometimes if the house has a washer room where the water heater is installed, we find it too. It also happens mostly in houses that they are wood-framed, instead of those, they are block-framed. So it all depends, but you find that this topic not only affects the house, but let's say that you have a child living in the house, the sufferers of asthma, that impact is awful. Then, if we are able to address this mold through our Safe and Healthy Home program for families with children, and make sure that the child have a safe place within the house where won't be impacted by the mold in case there is presence.
1: Does RTTB ever get into building homes from scratch, or is yes. it pretty? So you do more than refurbishing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nonprofits usually expend. And we were not the exception. We start to build houses back in 2014. And it's because many nonprofits like ours have partnerships. And those properties were donated to us in order to bring it back to the community. And that's where we started to do it. A lot of houses, again, they were wood framed that there was no way to repair them. So we demolished those houses and start to build, and here we are today. We have five today under construction that we should finish by June, and nine more coming up starting July or so.
1: Who will those homes go to?
2: Families, what we call low-income families, mostly 80% of the median income and below. If we are able to qualify then, as you know, interest rates has a rise. Things are more expensive than before. But usually it goes to families that qualify within the certain income range. And in that will go up to 140% of the median income, which is considered workforce family.
1: How does it work with a family either for a home built from scratch or for some sort of refurbishment project? Does the family have to have skin in the game financially?
2: Uh, no, no, with us. However, when they are gonna buy the house, remember we are only the construction arm of the process. Our responsibility ends on the new construction, but we partner with nonprofits that provide housing counseling, education, and work with the families to select the right lender that will be available to them, and make sure that they get the interest rate that it works for them, make sure it's affordable to them, and that's where our work ends and it goes to the nonprofit. In the case of rehab, no. We don't charge them anything. There are only two things that they will do for sure is they need to sign an agreement where they won't sell the house for at least five years because obviously we invested $20, $25, 30 thousand and we wanna make sure it stays in the house. Nobody's saying not to sell that, just don't intend to get our services to sell the house the day after. There are many people, many families in need out there and the funding is very strict. We just can invest about 25 to 30,000 per house. Even when it needs more, we focus in areas like roofing, air conditioning, weatherization, electrical, plumbing, just to make sure that the people can live in that house without any issues.
1: We're talking with Jose Garcia from Rebuilding Together Tampa Bay. Education of what life is like when you own a home can go a long way. So does RTTB teach homeowners how to make basic repairs?
2: No, right now. It's part of our planning, but we belong to an affiliate network. And it's our national office who's helping us with new opportunities like creating an education component for people to repair things in their home. But it also is very limited because you don't want anybody to repair the roofs because they need to get on the top of the roof. And sometimes repairs don't go anywhere. We don't want anybody to repair and air conditioner neither. We wanna make sure they're able to stop the leak under the sink or anywhere else, so it doesn't become an issue. Or they're able to weatherize their house, or so they're able to make sure that the basic stuff is done. But in reality, when people apply for our services, it's because water is coming through their house or air conditioning is not working, or there is mold in the house as a result of a leak somewhere. So those are the reasons why people call and not necessarily because they wanna repair basic things. It's very difficult to find that.
1: Who does the repairs on the houses and are your people
2: insured? Mm-hmm. We are a licensed general contractor in the state of Florida. So everything is managing house. We hire subcontractors that have a license, bonded, liability insurance, workers' compensation—you name it. We also make sure that there are no any weird records in the past. They all are uh, guaranteed the job, as stated by the state of Florida. And we make sure that the homeowner, if it's anything that requires the homeowner to pick up colors or make decisions, we allow the homeowner to do that. This is not something that we come in and say, I'm going to do this for you and it's free and you have no call into it. Just to give you an idea, our roofers go out, show different colors of roofs, and they can pick it up. If we are able to paint the house they choose the colors, the trims, and everything. They are part of that process, and they're treated as a homeowners because they are not paying for the services, but somebody's paying for it. So we're not doing this for free. We are doing this because somebody is donating or providing the funding to make it happen, and we're paying the subcontractors. So the result is that they need to provide this with quality and make sure it's guaranteed.
1: Just in my own family, there are people that literally could build skyscrapers, but then there are also people that, if you hand them a hammer, they're going to break every bone in their hand. So, and everybody in between. What types of volunteers do you have in the
2: organization? I believe, for what you just say, my wife wouldn't let me to take a brush because she thinks I don't know how to paint. Isn't that? <laughs> but uh, is she uh, right? Uh, oh, yeah, she is. I've, actually, yeah, she's the one painting. I'm the one just. Waiting. Do you need anything, honey? You know, you know, those kind of things. But the work the volunteers do is very specific and we call it non-skilled volunteer work. Exterior painting, landscaping, installing a mailbox, replacing light bulbs, you know, basic stuff that at the end is just cosmetic work they are not involved in the major license-permitting kind of work. They're not replacing windows and climbing No, roofs. no, no. Absolutely no. We make sure that, obviously, they don't get in ladders if they don't feel comfortable. you always going to have people who are very comfortable doing anything. We make sure that they get plenty water. We always tell them, here is the cooling area. Let's make sure we enjoy this event. And that's why our volunteer projects only last for four hours. Because if you going to start to work around 8 in the morning by 12 noon, it's too hot. And you just already did your part. And once you give them lunch, forget it. They're gone.
1: So how can somebody get involved in RTTB? And is there a way to financially support?
2: Oh, absolutely. You go to our website, www.rttb.org. And there is a place there for you to click for volunteer, a place for you to click to donate, and also applies for you if you know someone that is in need of our help and services to please apply for it. Right now, we are also in the campaign to make 60 homes healthier for families with children. If you think you know someone that needs their house to be healthier for the children, especially when they are staying at home during summer because of vacations, please feel free to let us know, have this person to apply. You can always email us, my email is Jose at RTTV.org. Everything starts by applying online. We do understand that sometimes it's hard to apply and give all the information, but once you start and we receive that application, our intake and assessment team starts by making a phone call, talking to the homeowner, make them feel that we are there to help them and to do the best that we can. And obviously, we only able to do this because stations like yours allow us to send this message throughout the Tampa Bay area.
1: Our guest today has been Jose Garcia from Rebuilding Together Tampa Bay, and this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to
0: today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com
1: slash how we see it.